You are denied even life, yet you think Morathi will aid you. In the cult of Sunesh, before it was cool, this is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. It's Nathan and Scott with you today. This is it. We're doing it. We're finishing it off. No more after this. This is the end times for the Storm <laughs> of Chaos. This is part six. Things got out of hand <laughs> almost immediately while covering this book. In our defense, it's not our fault. There's just so much here. And Scott and I are super excited to bring you this final episode because we are going over the last two additional armies in Storm of Chaos. We have the Cult of Slanesh for the Dark Elves and the Von Karstein Army of Sylvania. These are both armies that we are very, very high on, very excited about, and it's going to be so nice to talk about other stuff after this. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm really, really excited because we have a lot of things that have dropped in terms of news in the last little while, and we haven't forgotten about them. We are going to do an episode on Total War Warhammer, specifically on Cathay. And we're going to bring you some of the history of the army. We're going to take a look at its last third edition, its last third edition incarnation, as well as looking at the roster that was just announced for Total War Warhammer. So that will be very fun. We are also going to hit on the latest Old World news, probably in a separate episode, all about the Border Princes, because we got a little bit more of our map filled in there. So a couple of things to look forward to in the coming weeks. Before we start this episode in full, I do want to do a little bit of house cleaning here. I still don't really have much in the way of hobby or news from my life, other than the fact that it's busy, I'm in school, but it's really, really fun learning a lot of stuff that is going to help, hopefully, uh, translate into better podcasts and videos in the future. Whenever I have time to do videos again, I really miss doing those. However, I do have a couple of things. The first is to speak of our Patreon. So for our patrons, I have to issue a little bit of an apology. I did not get a bonus episode out for September, which I'm sure you're aware. I'm very cognizant of that and I feel really bad about it. September uh, was just a wild month for me. There wasn't a lot of time to do much of anything, and I, I'm glad that I got out as many episodes of the main show as I did. To make it up to our patrons, we are going to have two bonus episodes for this month. There's going to be one coming out this week, something that GJ and I worked on in the summer, and closer to the end of the month, we are going to do a little bit of a Halloween special, talk about some spooky things in Warhammer Fantasy, play some silly games. It'll be a lot of fun. So two things to look forward to on the Patreon this month. The second thing that I wanted to mention to you guys is something that I was introduced to at school. And this is the Adobe Color Wheel. And this is a really fun tool for 
color matching, uh, getting good color schemes and complementary colors for your armies or your modeling projects. And uh, it's part of uh, the greater Adobe Creative Cloud, but it's also a free online tool that you can use. If you go to color.adobe.com, you'll find this awesome little color wheel. You can choose between complementary colors, contrast colors, shades, uh, all sorts of things. And yeah, it's, it's just an online color wheel with a, a few extra functions, but I really, really enjoy it. And I wanted to share that with you guys. I will put the link to that uh, in the episode description. So you'll see that when you go to download the episode. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's lots of fun. And uh, whenever I have time to, to paint again and start a new project, I will be, uh, I'll be playing with that to, to find my color schemes. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to share before we get started today where we've got a little bit more time than we have yeah, had? Sure. Uh, not uh, too much. Just um, right now, as we speak, we're, I'm working on a little painting project. Uh, one of our local um, painters, he's a prof professional painter, and he plays Infinity with us. Um, he's doing a Halifax Infinity. It's not a competition. It's like just a painting. Um, there's a weekly uh, kind of a theme. So you, you paint one model each week, um, and you wait every Sunday. The deadline's at 5 to get this model done. And honestly, if you didn't have time, so you take a picture of your model um, before and after kind of, kind of thing, as long as you submit the picture to do it, the before picture, as long as you submit that, you get entered into a draw. So, and then your next stages are, um, you know, when you finish it fully painted, um, did you follow the guidelines set? Like, for example, this week is a frontline troop like your basic troop with um, nothing like special, like any weaponry or anything. So you just get down. It's kind of like you start at your basics and then he'll add a couple of things in the next week. I think next week he's doing motorcycles so you can paint. You can kind of either push yourself or, hey, just <laughs> just get something done because sometimes it's hard to find time to do. But it kind of gives you a little bit of drive. It's really nice to see uh, the engagement the community. Um, Everyone's throwing out different painting tips. One tip, one thing this week is like try to go the extra dis distance on a base, on the base of your model. So doing extra work there, just to kind of push yourself. Um, the last league, painting league we had was really fun. There was a nice, nice prizes at the end. And uh, that being as a draw doesn't push you. It's, it's almost like you're being competitive towards yourself. You don't have to worry about... Um, what other people and you should never do that anyway but <laughs> that's just the golden rule for painting just when you find something you like you do it don't mm -hmm. worry about whatever everything else looks like and that's a golden rule so yeah it's been fun just doing that and great not too many hobby games going on um i did have a game with andrew um it was we went back to the orchard to test um funny enough i had my tree army ready to go his high elves Oh, I got I got pretty much tabled. Oh no! Um, we had a game called capture, so you just you hold the center, and yeah, it was it was a wild ride too. One of the highlights was um, he had the trickster shard on his dra print dragon prince. So anytime you do a ward save that's successful, you have to reroll. There was a point where 
he charged my tree lord. And you know the tree lords in 8th edition have 6 plus ward save. So didn't I roll double 6 to oh. save him? And then that trickster shard uh, kicks in. And it was enough to, uh, you know, just seal the deal and kill my tree lord. And I was just like, oh my god, that trickster shard. <laughs> that is... Yeah. Oh, that's it was, heartbreaking. It was, yeah. And it was, it was some, there were some good battles, but yeah, it's like between his Phoenix, the Arctic Phoenix, um, for those Pokemon fans, I always call it Articuno. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. It's, it's oh. Articuno, you know? Oh no, yeah. it's Articuno and Moltres. I'm yes. never going to be able to think of them the same way now. <laughs> yeah. I wonder I if someone's done it. up three of them and made one of them into a Zapdos. Oh, Zapdos. It wouldn't be that hard, I don't think. No. Yeah. No. It's actually great. Yeah, it's that's something. that's just ruined those for me now. Thanks. <laughs> no way. That's great. <laughs> those are like the you know the the bread and butter Pokemon back in the mm-hmm. day. So anyway, yeah, it was. It's nice to connect with um, the community again um, with our players and uh, just you know it, for some reason this time of year is too crazy for <laughs> a lot of uh, gaming and hobbying, but um, it's just the way it is. So it's nice to be on the cast again and. And get some hobbying done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, someday I will be there, right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully like over it. the Christmas break. I'm I'm really oh, hoping, man. you know, once December rolls around, my classes are done on the 16th. I've got a few weeks off, so I'd love nice. to get in even a couple games, right? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. Would be really swell. Nice. All right. Let's jump on in. We've got some great armies to talk about today. We're going to do a little bit like what I did last week, which is start off with the fluff sections and then move into the armies themselves. Today we're going to start with the Cult of Slanesh, and this one is so good. It's just, it's so good. So the lore for this is actually fairly simple. Marathi is taking advantage of her son again, as yep. always. This is <laughs> really... Her, her main uh, modus operandi. But <laughs> Malekith is predisposed with his war in Ulthuan. Uh, in the Storm of Chaos, the, uh, the Dark Elves have launched yet another invasion of the High Elves Island. They, and they have to do it. It's, the, it's their thing. I mean, it is their sake. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. everyone's got to have a thing, and their thing yeah. is invading Ulthuan. And, however, he is, uh, he is totally enraptured and uh, completely absent at this point because he is he is leading his forces. He is thinking about destroying all of the uh, hated High Elves. So Marathi can pretty much do as she pleases in Nagaroth. And she has decided that since Chaos is waxing powerful, it is now time to revive the Cult of Slanesh. The Cult of Slanesh first came about during the Sundering. This is the original war between the High Elves. It was a civil war at the time because there weren't any Dark Elves at that point. That's right. Uh, and the Cult of Slanesh was uh, originally founded in Ulthuan. And of course, it was brought with the Dark Elves to Nagaroth when they fled. And it is uh, it has been believed to have been stamped out by the uh the sorceress or not the sorceresses but the uh, priestesses of Cain they are however sadly mistaken the cult of Sinesh just went underground and now Marathi is basically reactivating the cult 
one of the first things that she does, however, is not in Nagaroth. It's it's not amongst the courts of the Dark Elves. She actually flies north on her Pegasus, and uh, a, some of her acolytes accompany her, and they fly into the Chaos Wastes, where a uh, great meeting of marauders, uh, the Hung uh, tribe, is taking mm-hmm. place. They're they're building a big army, and Marathi. And her sorceresses land amongst them. And uh, the Hung are just like, whoa, this is not what we were expecting. And uh, they they can kind of feel the power just radiating off of her. Yeah. So none of them are dumb enough to uh, actually confront her. Uh, she travels to where the uh, chieftains and marauder lords are assembling. And... Um, In fact, they're probably drooling. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah they're... Yeah, they are... Uh, they are completely enraptured by the beauty of Marathi and her uh, her courtiers, and in a ritual that the book itself considers orgiastic and spectacular, <laughs> uh, Marathi and her coven summon sixty troops of six demonettes and bid them descend on the tribe's main Kurgan rivals, and the demonettes, of course, tear apart the Kurgan. Uh, at which point the marauders are just like, okay, yeah, you can, you can be in charge. We like <laughs> this. <laughs> and uh, they swear fealty to the hag queen. And uh, now with that, the tribes that had been assaulting the northern borders of the Dark Elves are now in league with, with Marathi and her sorceresses. And they consider her the consort queen of Slanesh. Uh, which is, you know, Marathi's always interesting, too, because she's, she's really got these divided loyalties because she's mm-hmm. obviously favored by Cain, uh, who gave her the secrets of kind of everlasting life with the cauldrons mm-hmm. of blood uh, and, and everlasting youth. But even from when she was first rescued, and I, I say that with light air quotes from a Slanesh warband by Anarian, like she's always had that taint of Slanesh about her. She's a, she's a really interesting I, man, I love Marathi so much. I know you're yeah. on the same. Like, we've, oh, we've sure. done an episode that was mostly, it was kind of about Malekith, but it was mostly about Marathi. Yeah. And uh, that was one of our first episodes, well, actually. She has, she has the ability to deceive a god, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and other gods, you know, it's just, yeah. her power is just. Marathi, Alariel, and Ariel, I think, are some of the best characters in the Warhammer oh, world. Yeah. Like, the Elven Queens are just so much yeah. more interesting. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's an interesting I, I keep I'm saying interesting too much, but it's it's really neat that they are in all cases sort of the at least the power behind the throne. Probably Alariel a little less so than Ariel. I mean Ariel is the undisputed ruler of Athel Loren. Yeah. Uh but Marathi, you know, she has Malekith wrapped around her finger, right? Like yeah. she is she manipulates him much more than vice oh, yeah. versa. And uh, even Alariel has, you know, a, quite a, a huge influence over the High Elves. It's really, really cool. I love those Elven Queens. So Marathi uh, leads this army of Chaos Marauders just down through Nagaroth, because who's going to stop her? <laughs> and uh, the Marauders themselves are completely in her sway at this point, so they're not going to attack the Dark Elves. And she leads them southwards towards Lustria to go pick a fight with the Lizardmen so they can 
steal some some sweet goodies for uh-huh. uh, <laughs> for Marathi's use. So that is uh, that is kind of the the fluff behind this army. I love it so much. And in fact, before we get to the army list itself, I am just going to read a very short passage on the Druchi anointed because they're very important to this army and it doesn't tell you about them in this yep. main section. It just gives you a little sidebar here. So right I'm just going to read that. this and uh, yeah, and then we'll push on to the army list. In the long distant past, at the time of the Sundering, Many elves under the influence of Marathi turned to the worship of Slanesh. As catastrophic civil war erupted, some favored warriors who had dedicated their souls to the Dark Prince were gifted with fell, unnatural powers. These powers grew as the centuries passed, and the elves who backed Marathi and her son left their homelands, founding a new world for themselves across the seas, Nagaroth. When the cult was outlawed in favor of the worship of Cain, these favorites of Slanesh hid themselves away from the prying eyes. Some journeyed far to the north, there to meet battle with the denizens of the realm of chaos and experience every sensation possible. As passing centuries turned to passing millennia, the numbers of these now supremely powerful beings, known as the Anointed, dwindled, so that only a handful remained. Unlike lesser beings, Elves are resistant to the physically mutating taint of chaos, yet over so many years of exposure, the touch of chaos began to affect them in other ways. Overloaded with sensations and craving more, their pupils dilated to such an extent that their eyes appeared as complete blackness. The skin of some anointed turned translucent and blue-tinged. Others, their flesh turned ebony. They exude terrifying strength and are capable of unnatural feats of demonic power. Now that Marathi has reawakened the cult of Slanesh, the anointed have returned. Man, I love these guys so much. They're so fun. And they are, as we'll see in a moment here, basically dark elf demon princes. And I am so into that. And it was one of those things that going over Storm of Chaos again with fresh eyes now, I had totally forgotten about them. Just completely forgotten that they existed. And it's just, it keeps on, it's... (laughs) Storm of Chaos is the gift that keeps on giving. It really like, is. Yeah. Like the more the more you read it and reread it, the more things you find. It's honestly, I at this point, I'm I I'm really struggling to think of any supplement that even would be a close second to this one. For it, as far as content goes. It's funny because I was talking to my partner about it last night, and she remembers when I taught her eighth edition. She's like, Yeah, I remember Storm of Magic. That really felt like a money grab, and she nailed it. It was such a money grab compared to this supplement, mm-hmm. because when you think about it, there was there was that creative team in two thousand and one to two thousand four. They were left alone to do their own thing with um, a lot of the writing and how the books went, and in a way that is so much more beneficial than you sit in. You know, you're having a meeting about say the storm of magic. And it's like, yeah, we need to do this and this and this because we need to sell these models. You know, there's mm-hmm. a big difference. In, and you can feel it in, in reading these dif- the difference between those supplements. So it's nice Absolutely. to see. No wonder we go to nostalgia sometimes, right? Well, I, I think you're 100% correct. I also think that the turnaround time on something like Storm of Magic was probably a lot less mm-hmm. than... 
I, I think the guys in the early days, and I, I'm talking early days, like 80s to, to early aughts, basically. Mm-hmm. I think they had time to make something like this, right? right? Yeah, they and you look probably at those, didn't have the deadline that they did. Yeah, yeah. You, you look at that first couple realm of chaos supplements the lost and the damned enslaved to darkness where they really introduced chaos in a big way into to fantasy and then 40k those were like this book right just chock full and they were like 200 pages so even even more so than this but they had rules for for fantasy 40k warhammer fantasy roleplay it was insane and they they wrote them and you could tell that they wrote them shouting back to each other hey look at this isn't this cool right yeah. like it's <laughs> exactly and i feel like this book was written in the That's same way point. right yeah. where, where someone had an idea and was just like oh this is so cool like Gosh, we gotta we gotta out. put this in <laughs> yeah you know yeah. and and they and i think they did a great job because whilst and i i do think the cult of sinesh is better than the dark elf main list i don't think it was so much so that it's it's broken, right? Like storm of chaos yeah. never no, seemed no. broken to me, uh, which is I- incredible because of how much content is in there. Uh, I, there's certainly some things that I think are very, very good, but there's nothing that stands out as why did you put this in here? You know, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny. You'd say that because when it, in 2004, when it was released, I remember cause it, uh, I was just, it, I felt the opposite cause I wasn't using those lists from the book. I was using my normal lists against chaos lists and it definitely felt one-sided, but you know, all these years later, I get to see it with, like you said, with fresh eyes and like, this is brilliant. This Mm. is a brilliant piece. Like you can pit these armies against each other within the book and challenge yourself. If you're using a normal list and it feels like the book shit, like the feel, the book has literally this power in it that you can put onto the game table and show it off. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now that, we're, now that we're done just loving on it, <laughs> um, yeah. the Cult of Slanesh. So what we're going to do first here, I think what we'll do is look at their, their special rules. We might skip the magic items and do those kind of at the end, but then right. we'll, we'll talk about the actual makeup of the army uh, you can, after that. So. You should maybe mention just the, well, the, how the Druchi anointed works. And oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're it's, cause wild. Because it's funny, just what you told me earlier about the base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 start off with special rules for the Cult of Sinesh. The army general must be a high sorceress or a sorceress if no high sorceress is present. Even if they do not have the highest leadership in the army. This is, of course, for the uh, the fluff reasons of, of that we said where... Marathi and her sorceresses so we already are leading it. this army, so we already, already into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the army general must have the mark of Slanesh. Again, this is the cult of Slanesh. You would expect that. Uh, demons cannot join units of Dark Elves or Mortal Chaos. That's normal. Yep. Uh, dark Elf characters cannot join units of Mortal Chaos or Demons. So you have to keep your three things yep. separate, is, is basically what they're telling you with these rules. Uh, dark Elves fine. with the mark of Slanesh still have hatred of High Elves. Love that. Yeah. Uh, units or characters with the mark of Slanesh and riding cold ones are still subject to stupidity. Hate that. Uh, it's awful. Uh, sorceresses with the mark of Slanesh must use the lore of Slanesh and gain plus one to cast their spells. I like the plus one to cast. That's yeah. a big, big deal in sixth ed. Uh, that's For a sure. good one. 
Uh, all rules for Marks of the Dark Gods, pages 46 and 47 of Hordes of Chaos apply. So basically, your mark of Slanesh is the same as the mortal mark of Slanesh in uh, Hordes of Chaos, mm-hmm. which is nice because that, that makes you uh, immune to psychology, Yeah, which is not a bad thing to be especially in 6th edition. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dark Elf characters with the Mark of Slanesh may take any models with the Mark of Slanesh only magic items from Hordes of Chaos as part of their magic item allowance. So you get some bonus magic items that you can cherry pick from the Chaos book. That's really nice. And any Dark Elf unit that has the Mark of Slanesh and access to a magic standard may choose to take the Rapturous Standard from Hordes of Chaos instead of another magic standard Although, of course, only one Rapturous Standard may appear in the army. And then, finally, Chaos characters and units may not use Dark Elf magic items. So the mm-hmm. Dark Elves can steal some of theirs. They yeah, cannot no. take some of the Dark Elves. There's a whole different uh, way of magic about that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we'll skip over the, the magic items for a moment here. We will come back to them, though. And let's start off by talking about our Lord choices here. So the first one is a High Sorceress. So this is the same one you're going to find in the Dark Elf book. Uh, However, she may take the Mark of Slanesh at 25 points. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, remember, if she's your general, she must take the Mark of Slanesh. And if so, she may ride a Steed of Slanesh at 40 points. So Steeds of Slanesh, and I get them mistaken with the... Uh, seekers of Slanesh all the time, yeah. but they're not the same thing. Not the, the same. steeds of Slanesh are the uh, six-breasted horse snakes uh, that you see. They, it was only one model was ever made for it. There's yep. a Chaos Lord riding it, uh, although it's easy to pop models. him off and take uh, put oh, yeah. anything on there. And uh, beautiful model, such a cool, really model. fun. What's fantastic about it is uh, it's basically a three-wound toughness four mount mm-hmm. with movement ten. Yeah. It flies around yeah. the battlefield. And as we're going to see, there's a lot of things in this army that can take them, which is terrifying. This army yeah. is so fast if you want it to be. It's actually not okay. <laughs> no, it's super cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like a freight train. Glass yeah. cannon. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Also, sure. something that I 100% love here is you can take zero to one Keeper of Secrets in as a lord. Yeah. And I love Keepers oh, of yeah. Secrets. I and I, I know they've got the uh, the big models now, but I was always a fan of, of oh, no. that, uh, 100%. that the the bovine ish kind of. I'm mo- glad they kept that, you know, that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. To Me the new too. Ones. Yeah. Me too. So yeah, you can take a keeper of secrets, and that's just straight out of the chaos book. Same points, everything. Nothing special about him really. Uh, then we get to the main event, the Druchi Anointed. Mm-hmm. These guys are. I, oh man, I can't get enough of them. I, I really just want to build one now. It's it's all I want. They are 235 points per model. They are not cheap, that and is that is base. No. <laughs> now, he may never be the army general. Uh, he does not count as demonic, and so he can only join dark elf units. Right. That's perfectly okay. That's really not much <laughs> of a, <laughs> a a problem at all for you. No. Let's talk about his stats, and then we're going to mention a few very important points about him. So the Anointed is Movement 6, Weapon Skill 8, Ballistic Skill 7, Strength 5, Toughness 4, 3 Wounds, Initiative 9, 5 Attacks, and Leadership 9. He is an absolute monster on the battlefield. 
If you want to know where these stats came from, because this is not normal elf stats, think of a dark elf lord mixed with a demon prince, and you are right there. He is, yeah, he has hand weapon and chaos armor for his starting equipment. I just want to shout out Games Workshop for giving him chaos armor. That's so cool. Yeah. Like an elf with chaos armor, I think is amazing. He has uh, the option to be a wizard. Uh, Druchi Anointed may be a sorcerer at plus 40 points uh, per level up to level two. If a sorcerer, he may use the lore of Slanesh or dark magic and gets plus one to cast. So if you want a sorcerer that kind of hits like a uh, hero hammer-esque wizard lord would have back in the day, Mm -hmm. the Druchi Anointed is your man. Uh, Only level two, but he's a wizard that is not going to be easy to take off the table. Uh, For options, he may choose an additional hand weapon at six points, a halberd at six points, a great weapon at six points, or if mounted, a lance at six points. He may also be armed with a repeater crossbow if you want to make use of that uh, ballistic skill seven. He may carry a shield for three points. You can give him a really good armor save. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, for mounts, you've got some options. Uh, and then we're going to ignore all of those and uh, take the steed of Slanesh, but I'm skipping ahead here. Uh, so he may ride a cold one at plus 39 points, which is wildly expensive, uh, a dark steed at 18 points, a barded chaos steed at 24 points, or the right answer, a steed of Slanesh at 40 <laughs> points. The cold right. one has to be a typo, right? Man, I'm just thinking how much... This is a hobby dream army. Like, oh my know, god, yeah. <laughs> there's so many options. Where do you start, right? Oh, so good. You'd have to map this out for hours before you That's, start it. Yeah, yeah. You would, you would really want to plan out this army and how you were going to collect it. So the Steed of Slanesh here is, is, is the right answer. It gives him movement 10, and this guy hits like a freight train. You can put him anywhere on the battlefield with a Steed of Slanesh. You can make him ludicrously expensive if you want to make him uh, a level two wizard with a steed of slanesh. You're adding 120 points on top of that 235 points. Uh, it's it's really good. I'm just I keep looking at this. May ride a cold one for 39 points. Yeah, no, one. that's no, that's but that's got to be a typo, right? Because no, you're man. you're but a cold one is terrible when you compare it to a steed of slanesh. How much? Okay, what's the point difference? One point. Good ride a cold Lord. one at 39 points or ride a Steed Good of Slanesh Lord. at 40 points. The well, cold one is stupid. It's a theme. It's a theme. Ma- imagine <sighs> having like a bunch of Cult of Slanesh, a cold one, an entire cold one army. Oh, uh, you could. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would look cool. It would look cool. It would yeah. look cool. But take the Steed of Slanesh. <laughs> Just do it. Uh, and then finally, he may choose anointed demonic gifts, which we will talk about in just a second, uh, which are also very cool. And he may also take items, uh, items and demonic gifts that are Slanesh specific from the Hordes mm-hmm. of Chaos book to a total of 100 points. Now, he has his own gifts as well. He has three that he can choose from. There is Quickening Blood for 25 points. The Anointed always strikes first in close combat, even if awesome. charged or armed with a weapon that normally strikes last. Uh, if any of the anointed opponents also have strike first, revert to normal initiative. His normal initiative is nine, by the way, so he'll probably <laughs> be striking first. Uh, he, uh, there is Avatar of Slanesh for 35 points. Any unit with the mark of Slanesh 
uh, including the anointed himself within 12 inches, may reroll any failed break tests. Could be situationally useful. Uh, And allure of Slanesh. Any unit wishing to shoot the anointed or any unit that he has joined must first pass a leadership test. If this test has failed, the unit may not shoot that turn. So I like these. Yeah. I think they're pretty good. The avatar of Slanesh, actually, the I, I thought about it. I was like, situationally useful. No, that's just useful. That's <laughs> just really useful. Yeah. No, anytime, yeah, I mean, yeah. anytime you reroll, because, you know, after playing 8th edition for a while, you're like, whoa, you, you can't, you can reroll more leadership and there's easier ways around it. 6th edition, man, if you can, if you can mitigate your battle standard bear, hey, mm-hmm. good saving points or even points against you kind of thing yeah and the and the uh the way the avatar rule works is a lot like the eighth edition battle standard where it's it's any unit within 12 now they do have to have the mark of slash but as we will see going into this you're going to give pretty much every unit the mark of slash so it's not not a problem it's fluffy i don't think you're yeah you want to keep with the the lore Mm -hmm. oh 100 percent yeah yeah uh, finally, the anointed hates high elves because he's a, a good high elf hating dark elf. Yeah. Uh, he causes fear, which is always nice. And he has a five up ward save naturally. Cool. Which is fantastic, but it does not save against magical attacks because it's kind of demonic. Right. Even though he himself does not count as demonic. And uh, finally, he has the mark of Slanesh. I guess the one thing that we will say as well, if you don't want to put him on a Steed of Slanesh, if you want to put him in a, a nestled in a big group of Dark Elf Warriors, uh, he's fielded on a 20 millimeter square base. So if you've ever wanted a <laughs> <That's what you do. laughs> Demon Prince on a 20 millimeter square base, this is your man. I can't say enough good things about him. I just think he is so cool. I think he's the coolest Dark Elf ever. Yeah. Uh, the icing on the cake is that 20 mil size because of what you just said. You could really hide him. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, the steed of Slanesh is going to be moving around, but yeah, if yeah. you want to protect your unit, imagine yeah. like you can just challenge everything inside that unit. Oh yeah. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. I mean, give him a, give him a great weapon in the, uh, quickening blood. So now he's right. strength just, seven oh with five God. attacks at weapon skill eight. Yeah. Uh, just just remove whatever he's in combat with <laughs> at that point. Jeez, we, we have to try so much here. with these And lists. we do. <laughs> we really do. All right. Uh, moving on to the hero section. These are just extra options for your existing Dark Elf heroes here. So you can take a Noble, uh, as presented in the Dark Elf army list. Uh, he may not take a Sea Dragon Cloak, but he may take Chaos Armor. Mm-hmm. that's a good trade we'll make that's that cool. trade yeah uh sure. may take the mark of slanesh at 20 points if so he may ride a steed of slanesh so you can have so many heroes just zooming around the battlefield marching 20 inches a turn and it's not like they're cheap you you are paying for they're this, not cheap but it's yeah yeah you're trying you're gonna you're gonna still need to play some warhammer here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, you you can give your opponent conniptions though just by putting heroes in their backfield on turn yep. one that exactly. uh, can hit really really hard uh, you may take a sorceress. Uh, she may take the mark of Slanesh at twenty points, and she also can ride a steed of Slanesh at forty points. And you take a zero to one aspiring champion of chaos, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is as presented from the Hordes of Chaos list. Must have the mark of Slanesh. Now we're into core units. Uh, Dark Elf Warriors, you know them, you love them. They're the same as in the Dark Elf list. You may not love them in 6th edition, actually, but hmm. here they are, uh, and they can take the Mark of Slanesh. That's their one and only option. You do get 
kind of a replacement for witch elves, uh, which is the devoted of Slanesh. Yeah. And these are really cool. They're 12 points per model. They're movement 5, weapon skill 5, ballistic skill 4, strength 3, tough 3, 1 wound, initiative 6, 2 attacks, and leadership 8. They can be led by a mistress who is in all ways the same, but has the extra attack as a champion. Uh, they have two hand weapons each, so there are three attacks, which is kind of wild for six that. That's juicy. Mm -hmm. But they have no armor. Uh, you could upgrade one to a musician for six points, one to a standard for 12 points. They can get a magical standard for uh, worth up to 50. And you can, of course, upgrade a devoted to a mistress for 12 points. And... A mistress may take Speed of Slanesh, which is kind of a special ability, allowing her to always strike first for 10 points. Uh, although she is initiative 6 as a champion, uh, so you may not need that necessarily. They have the Mark of Slanesh, they hate High Elves, and they have Soporific Musk, as do the... Was it the Fiends of Sinesh? No, it's the Steeds of Sinesh in 6th uh, yeah. edition. So that's really cool. And that uh, serves to, I believe, slow down your opponents, I think, their initiative. Do you have the Hordes of Chaos book, it's, Andy? Oh, I do. Um, one sec. Yeah, sure thing. I will keep on keeping on here sure. while we look that up. Next up, you can take Shades, and they may take the Mark of Sinesh at 10 points. And they are a core unit. And then you get to steal a couple of core units from the Chaos book. Marauders of Chaos, of course, which makes perfect sense. And Daemonettes of Slanesh. So you can really make this army your own in terms of theming. So you could even have a Dark Elf Sorceress Lord and maybe a Druchi Anointed on a Steed of Slanesh leading troops and troops of Daemonettes. Or maybe hordes of marauders, dark elf warriors, or a mix of things. That's what I love about this army is your options are so huge to make really interesting thematic forces. That's it. All right. Yeah, I got the book here. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, if you don't mind looking up Soporific Musk for us. Sporific Musk. Sporific. Is it just Sporific? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Well, there isn't. It's S-O-P, though. So, oh, so okay. Yeah. So in other editions. Did they change that? Sporific? It's called Sporific. In, oh, okay. I wonder if that's a typo, because it's definitely... It might be, uh, yeah. It may well be. And it's on... Not as hard a typo as that cold one for 39 points, though. Let's see where I can... It's good, because I just want to go into a rant about cold ones again. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta hurry, <laughs> yeah. Scott, because I, I can't, I can't stand this See, cold one for thirty nine points. The problem with six edition books is that <laughs> they're it's not organized properly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, exalted. organized properly or at all. Yeah. Oh, and sixth ed. I mean, and the more, <laughs> the more I play it, the more I'm like, oh yes, I have to memorize the memorize the pages. Yeah, that's really your only option for yeah. six. That is just just know where things are. And it it would have helped if they had page numbers be beside everything, which some books did and some books didn't. Mm -hmm. So, I feel like the later books of of six that started doing that, uh, and then the so early this is ones. This a demonic on. gift, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's. In this book, it's S-O-P-O-R. Yeah, in, yeah. In other books, it's S-P-O, sporific. So I think this is a typo, but I'm I not think, sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's a... Or maybe like, it might have just been a simplification, right? Because they, they did change names between editions of, of certain true. characters. And, and I would think, yeah, sporific makes more sense because you, you're thinking of spores, you know, spores, in the air that yeah. they get in your... And, 
make you all I think messed uh, up. I'm gonna say typo, but I'm not. So it's thirty points. Enemies close to the daemon find their minds confused and their limbs heavy and slow. Any model in base contact with one or more daemons with this perfect soporific musk, half their weapon skill and, initi and initiative rounding up. Okay. Yeah. I remembered the initiative bit, but yeah. not the weapon skill. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So weapon skill five and initiative six. Oh boy. So these these devoted can just pump out hits on, on enemy units because they're usually going to be hitting on threes by having a, an opponent's yeah. weapon skill like that. That's really, really good. You are paying 12 points per model for toughness three elves with no armor save. Right. <laughs> that is the downside. But, but my but God. But shred. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the mistress, the, the champion for this unit, she's going to have four attacks. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's so good. I love this. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we went through the rest of the core units. Now these special units. And I love this roster of special units. So you have Dark Riders, who oh, can take the Mark of Slanesh at 10 points. Still one of my favorite units. Uh, you have Cold One Knights uh, for uh, all of your not as good as the next ones uh <laughs> needs next entry i'm gonna play i'm gonna i have so many cold one nights i still have to play i know i love cold one nights this is <laughs> this is this comes from a place of love i want them to be so good all i yeah. want to do all day is run cold one nights <laughs> evil elves on lizards i'm so into it they're yeah. just they can't stop being the worst uh <laughs> but they may take a mark of slanesh at 20 points then you can take Mounted Demonettes of Sinesh. So these are the unit that was literally introduced in Storm of Chaos. Uh, with new models, they're the Mounted Demonettes. They're also movement 10. So if you need something to keep up with your uh, heroes on the Steeds of Sinesh, you can take them. And finally, uh, you can take Warriors of Chaos. They may not be upgraded to Chosen, unfortunately. That's However, cool, yeah. they must take the Mark of Chaos at 20 points. When I read this, I was just immediately excited to have legitimate heavy infantry in a yeah. Dark Elf army. I was yeah. just like, oh my god. It's really cool. I, I you, saw that and I was just like, I love this. So you have 25 mil bases and 20 mil bases, so choose mm -hmm. your poison. You can have a mix. Yeah. Um, don't forget about the Furies there. There's zero to one Oh furies. yes, zero to one yeah. Furies. Yeah, yeah. For all the times you ever saw Furies. I do, it, from a tactical standpoint, I want to talk about the Dark Riders right quick. Sure. So you're giving this, my thing about um, fast cavalry and vanguard, stuff like them, is that I always want to run small units of five and a bunch of them. And the problem is somebody shoots two of them and you're panicking, but not with the Marcus Slanesh. Oh. So the Dark Riders become more potent. They're not going to run away from panic. I like that. I didn't yeah. even think about that. It's with so them. cool. I yeah. was thinking about it for the, the lore, right? Like, you, you want to upgrade all your units, but that no, is useful. legitimately a great upgrade for Dark Riders. Mm. Yeah, good point, Scott. That's awesome. That's really, really good. This army, man, you've got Dark Riders who are going to be, what, movement... Uh, just Elven Steeds nine. or what? Movement nine. nine, yeah. So you're, yeah. you're going to... Yeah, you're fast. So you've got them. They've got, they've got bow or uh, crossbows. Uh, you've got the Mountain Demonettes, who are movement 10. You've got anything you put on a Steed of Slanesh that's movement 10. Man, this army is terrifyingly it's fast. Fury, if you want to take some Furies, uh, they, they'll fly, so their movement is crazy. Man, it's so, it's so good. It's so, so good. All right. Uh, finally, rare units. Spawn of Chaos. Uh, this is as... You, 
as you would take it in the Hordes of Chaos book. Yep. Um, it must be upgraded to a Fiend of Slanesh, and two may be taken as a single rare choice. I'm not super into spawns in 6th Ed. No. Myself. No. Um, but, you know, they're there if you, you, you might have something in mind for them. Repeater Bolt Thrower, because it's uh-huh. not an elf army if you're not uh, bolt throwing. This and army's got it all, man. With apologies <laughs> to the wood elves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it may take the Mark of Slanesh for five points, and two may be taken as one rare choice. You're probably going to want to stick one, of the, or one or two of those in because you're an elf yeah. player and you want bolt throwers. And finally, zero to one Knights of Chaos for that heavy cavalry. Uh, so this is what you'll take instead of taking Cold One Knights. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, they cannot be upgraded to Chosen, unfortunately, and they must take the Mark of Slash at 20 points. Uh, this counts as two rare choices, though, so be careful with those mm-hmm. Knights of Chaos. What a list. What an absolute slam dunk gold yep. medal list this is. I can't read this thing without immediately wanting to dig out my uh my chaos demons of slanesh and my dark elves and just make them kiss until they're an army and even my chaos warriors now because i painted up a bunch of those for the storm of chaos stuff so i actually have big chunks of marauders that i could take oh next time i next time i play a game of sixth ed i think i'm gonna take this list we should we should do my uh because we're talking about this Mm -hmm. two lists we never played well because we were on the same side but It'd be fun to play our armies against each other. The six, like oh, the armies of Sylvania yeah. versus you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we're here. We're here on this episode anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to break out that that army was tons of fun to play. Oh yeah. The uh, now I didn't play this army. I played the Archeon's no. Horde. Uh, but you can get the best of both worlds with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would, I would play more of the uh, Legions of Archeon. Honestly, that was a super yeah. fun army to play, and I thought it might be a little bit dull. Uh, because chaos, you never really know, right? And you, you kind of have, it, it's only you pushing one button for the most part. Yeah. Uh, because this... they, they don't have a ton of options, but you get the hell cannon in there. You get some interesting magic and you get a chaos army that actually gets a lot of numbers because yep. of all of those free upgrades. Exactly. They, you don't think it's going to be as big of a force, but then you're playing a 2000 point game and man, I was filling up the deployment zone with big units of marauders yeah. and I had warhounds, and I had my solid core of, you know, swords of chaos, uh, guys. It was, um. and, and taking <laughs> Krom, Krom is bargain basement, yeah. by the way. I know, I know we talked about this in uh, part one, I think, because we've been doing these, I think, all of our natural lives now. <laughs> but Krom, if you are looking for a cheap Chaos Lord that just hurts people, take Krom. He's 235 yeah, he's points. You don't upgrade him at all. You don't have to. He marches up with Chaos Warriors, and he wins challenges, and he puts things down. He is yeah. just so good. Mr. Nasty. Mm-hmm. Yes, we should absolutely do that, because yeah. I really want to play with that army some more. All right. Now we're going to mention the Dark Elf weapons for the Cult of Slanesh, the magic items. And we won't go over all... There's not a ton of them here, honestly, because they, u- they use a mix of Chaos and Dark Elf mm-hmm. uh, items the, from the normal books. But there are some, some kind of fun things here. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of both of the magic weapons, the uh, Dreitch of Dark Power. Uh, it's 50 points, plus two strength, killing blow, uses two hands. If you can't think of uses for that, I I, I don't know what to tell it's you. It's useful, but still, 50 points is a lot. 50 points is a lot. I would say 30 
is mm-hmm. good. It's just like, sure, killing blow is a thing, but wow. Yeah. I guess they're thinking in, in the hands of something that you build here is pretty deadly. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I would maybe maybe give it to a uh, like a Dark Elf noble or a hero. You don't want to give it to the anointed because the anointed can get yeah. always can, strikes first with a great weapon, which is basically what this seven. is. And that's yeah, strength no. seven, yeah. Who cares about killing um, at that point? Yeah, it's it's expensive, but I think you could you could find some fun uses for it. Yeah. Uh, the Blade of Spite is 25 points. Any rolls of, to hit of a 5 or 6 wound automatically with no need to roll. We like that. I like that a lot. Uh, especially for an army. Again, elves not the greatest in the strength category. Yeah. Really, really good. Good point. And it's 25 points, which I think is is very reasonable for an item like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. The uh, talisman that they have here is the Heart Stone of Darkness. Bearer has a 4 plus ward save for 45 points. Expensive, but a 4 up ward save is real nice. Mm. That's, a, that's a simple item that I think you can, you can find someone who wants to wear that. The other thing that I'll mention is the Cloak of Dark Souls, which is an enchanted item. And it's 25 points. A character with the Cloak of Dark Souls may scout so long as they are on foot. That's crazy. Yeah, you can do, <laughs> you can do some mischief with that. Oh my God, Especially with crazy. this army. Yeah. It's just like, where is that Druchi anointed? Oh, he's, uh, he's scouting. Yeah. yeah. That's really not nasty. And oh, it's, that's one of the fluffiest items, I think. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so good. Oh, this this army is so movement shenanigans. Yeah, that it's it's really fun. Makes sense. As much as I hate, I would live in this army if I could. The Cult of Sinesh. I would it's just. Super, I, this is like yeah. my happy place. Like when, when people are like, think of think of something a place of comfort and, and warmth. You know, you're you're feeling down. I'm just like, I want to think about this army and just yeah. all of the cool things you can do with it. Now, yeah, yeah. Now, Scott, uh, this is... I'm going to have to cede the floor on a lot of this because we're going to move on to the army of Sylvania. Yeah, right on. And this is your baby. So before we get into the The rules... The baby I didn't... The illegitimate (laughs) child. I didn't know I had this baby until until 2021. Nice. Yeah. This uh, This is a great little force here. And the lore for the von Karstein army here is really simple. Uh, during the Storm of Chaos, of course, Krom is trying to pass through the World's Edge Mountains. He is being uh, fought by the dwarfs of Karak Kedrin. However, there are a bunch of smaller forces, kind of peripheral to Krom's force, that have kind of passed in through smaller passageways and stuff. And because Krom is trying to outflank the Empire, he's kind of coming in at the underbelly of the Empire, which means his forces are starting to show up in Sylvania, which is really unfortunate for them, because Sylvania is not the weak underbelly of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sylvania is very much its own thing. And the von Karsteins, uh, you know, nothing happens in Sylvania without the its vampire overlord's knowledge. And they uh, take some offense. You know, they they started seeing this and they started taking it personally. And now Krom yep. and his uh, his boys have a problem. Um, and they they started to I like how it describes them crossing the mountains and, and coming in uh, from the dark lands. And they they immediately start, you know, trying to to tear stuff up and uh, assaulting, <laughs> you know, ancient twisted towers. And instead of the uh, the Empire defenders and things that they were expecting, 
uh, these are all garrisoned by skeletons yeah. and whites and zombies and uh, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they were not prepared for this, uh, and, and you know, spooky ghosts and things everywhere. And it's kind of like if we just didn't invade Russia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. You, you know, you get in there and you're just like, I have yeah. made a huge mistake. Why did we do yeah. this? Yeah. Um, yeah, by the time you get to the Volga, you're just like, mm, I yeah. should not be here. <laughs> so in the uh, in the last little part of the fluff here, it, it talks even about Manfred von Karstein himself was stirred uh, yeah. and uh, is, is now uh, has resolved to crush this invasion of his ancestral lands. Uh, and then after that, he plans on... Uh, he plans on, you know, getting back into the empire for his, his normal, his normal. <laughs> and this is the thing when we started the uh, chaos or when we started this campaign over the summer, I had a re really strong opinions on what side I should be on. Do you know what I mean? With my armies of Sylvania mm -hmm. because of the lore. Yeah, this is, like, this is a neutral. Yeah, this is army. I mean, I wouldn't have minded if you were on the good guys. Yeah, side. no, it would have been. Or it, even like just one of those things where you just get randomly matched against anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like, yeah. it, it just, yeah, it depends on, on who you're fighting, what, what side you're on. Who's I think on, they would have been perfect with that. Who's on my territory? So that's why I kind of, my fluff was that Manfred was stirred. So he he was kind of on the go. He was trying to collect, um, actually, devotees of Slanesh. Did you read that? I read, I yes, read this yes. little story where he he kind of secretly followed this army of slayers to fight the dark elves or cult of Slanesh or whatever. And, um, he's mean. The only reason was to raise more dead mm -hmm. to fight off chaos. So yeah, it was kind of funny or any basically empire at that time. Cause who was my first opponent? Dwarves, right? The regular dwarf army, which was played by Jesse. Really fun. Like yeah. you can't stop playing this storm of chaos or thinking about it. There's so much around it. Mm hmm. All right. For the Army of Sylvania, we start off with some special rules, and these are really important for this army. You're right. Yeah. Do you want to mention? Let me mention right sure. quick. So when I played the first, you know, vampire counts were my very first army. Um, so playing them, bringing them into sixth edition, I'm like, oh wow, look at all these bloodline powers. They're awesome. I will mention disappointed because I. Blood Dragons became my love because of, well, I liked the lore as well, but the rules for the Blood Dragons to me were a lot better than the Von Karsteins. Mm. If you go to the Bloodline Powers in, in the Vampire Counts book, in 6th edition, vampire, Von Karstein vampires are the archetypal vampires of the old world. Vampire characteristics and options in the army list are based on them, so they don't get any additional special Bloodline rules. Calling BS on that one. But, uh, well, it's just because all the other ones get all this cool stuff. Yeah, it... In these upgrades. It seems... I understand. I understand what they were doing. Mm. But this is where the Storm of Chaos comes in. This bred brand new life into the Von Karstein armies of Sylvania. And I think was done with such love. It feels like this is, this is the love that they deserve kind of thing. Yeah, I... I agree with you there, and the the sixth ed bloodline and the whole vampire counts book in, in sixth ed is it's it's one of my favorite books of all oh, time. Man. I think it's just it's just brilliant Fantastic. from top to bottom. I do agree with you with the the von Karsteins, and for anyone who's not 
super familiar with how things worked. All of the other bloodlines got buffs to and and some downsides some debuff, and some, some debuffs, debuffs yeah, yeah. Uh, to their to their stat lines and to their abilities. But some of them are just off the charts compared to like the, the poor von Karstein's oh, and like not to say that poor von Karstein. I mean, they're still vampires and vampires they're are still, still incredible. Yeah. But for example, uh, the Strigoi have plus one attack and a five plus ward save yep. for Lords. Like that's yeah. wildly good. It's so much better. Um, you know, there, there's, there's some really good stuff. Now they always have to fight on foot and they cannot use magic items. So there, there's definitely some downsides, but it would have been nice to see the von Karstein's, get just a little something even if it wasn't stat altering right even if they wanted to keep yeah. the stats the same i would have given the von karsteins something to do with the fact that they are like the the nobles like this this kind of the statesman vampires yep. right so yep. i would have given them something to do with maybe um maybe summoning a particular type of unit or you know which, just just a little something something yeah which we can't we see which, coming this yeah yeah so which is great so let's do a quick example of Right. Uh, so it's the blood dragons and the necrarch sure. vampires to me are the most if you're playing a little bit on this competitive side you're probably going to take one of those because the blood dragons can wear armor and cast magic mm. and the necrarchs just have they can have heroes with magic they oh can, yeah they can just produce all this magic and i feel like the von karstein's got left a bit in the dust and I will I will digress now because this, <laughs> we're going to show you why this is the yeah. list yeah. to take. Yeah. So the von Karstein bloodline powers are our next. We'll get into those. Uh, we will just go quickly over the army special rules because we don't want to skimp out on those guys because they're right. real good. And these are all about grave markers. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting about this particular set of rules is I know that Age of Sigmar actually resurrected the yeah. grave marker thing, I believe for legions of Nagash. Mm-hmm. And I always find this fun. And I've said this on the podcast innumerable times at this point that games workshop will sometimes, or the writers will sometimes go back to the, the, the older, you know, they'll go back to the well and be yeah. like, what did, what worked, you know, from, from this back in the day. And yeah. uh, age of Sigmar, again, like a completely different game than Warhammer fantasy, but a very somewhat similar idea for the grave markers. Anyway, if you if you read Le- Legions of Nagash at some point, you're, yeah, you're just like, oh, this came directly from this army of Sylvania. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, at the start of the game, the army of Sylvania places grave markers, each about the size of a coin, to represent the location of these burial sites. After the table edges have been decided, but before units have been deployed, the Sylvanian player places two grave markers, plus an additional grave marker for each vampire count or vampire lord in the army, according to the following rules. No grave marker may be placed within six inches of another. At least 50% of the grave markers must be placed in the Sylvania player's table half, and no grave marker may be placed in the opponent's deployment zone. When all the grave markers for each have been placed, the Sylvanian player rolls a scatter dice for each. If a hit is rolled, the marker remains in place where it was placed. If the result is an arrow, the grave marker moves 2d6 in the direction shown, and any that scatter off the table are lost. The Army of Sylvania player may cast from Death Awakened from each grave marker during his each, or uh, during each of his own magic phases. So we'll get to uh, Death Awake from Death Awakened, which is a special spell for this army. Mm. Uh, the Army of Sylvania follows all of the laws of undeath as laid out in Warhammer Army's vampire accounts, unless stated elsewhere. 
So those grave markers are going to give you some interesting options later on, but we'll get to them more when we talk about from Death Awakened. Um, do you want to worth... actually? Yeah, you know no. what? Let's skip down to from Death Awakened now, and then we'll sure, get into because yeah. yeah, we should talk I was about just this together. Say, yeah, yep, for sure. Cool. So it, this is a new necromantic spell. Uh, it is cast. Uh, sorry, it's bound spell, power level four. I like that it's a bound spell. I didn't realize it, that. It's ah. Uh, it's <laughs> all i can say it's a, it's the best it's, <laughs> it's the, yeah. so treat this as a seven plus casting level invocation of nehek with a range of six inches from the site of a grave marker new units of skeletons or zombies raised in this way are sylvanian militia and sylvanian levy respectively and may be raised with any weapons and armor allowed by their unit entry <laughs> sure okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so basically what you have is several sites around the battlefield where you can cast this bound spell from death awakened and it's a free summoning spell on top of the summoning spells your army is going to already have naturally scott how did this work for you because this looks really really vital for the army to me uh but having never played this army no. how does it how does it you translate are- you are 100% correct. Okay. It is vital. The reason why it's vital is that you cannot take necromancers in this army. So that is important. They're not available if you look at the army list. Okay, that's yeah. yeah, that's a big deal. So what you get is instead of spamming your necromancers to get your dice like you would, mm-hmm. you have these free bound spells. And not only do you have free bound spells, it's, well, we're playing 2,000 points, so... You get three of them, and you just say, cool, I'm going to cast this. You don't need to waste your uh, magic dice at all. They just go off. Your opponent now has the hard decision. Do I dispel this grave marker? If they do, then you move on to the next grave marker. Or you can get cheeky and go, cool, I'm going to pop off this grave marker, and now I'm going to cast a spell from the lore of vampires, or or the lore of um, undead. And it goes on. Like, you have all of this tactical your tactical magic phases changed completely because of all these bound spells and it's free that if it didn't have that if you couldn't take the necromancers there's a lot of things in this list for and this is one example where you would just be like oh no this is not a good list this is not a good army it won't work but they have these very crucial things like these grave markers and they counter the way the vampire counts book works naturally so you have a whole new way of playing and for me the whole problem with them playing out of the book is they lack armor they're very very squishy vampires and magic because if you're if you don't have the strongest magic or some defense then you might as well take either blood dragon or Kark vampires so now you have this whole new way of playing and the grave markers um it felt a little overpowered on paper but after i got to play against a slayer army you know and uh the border uh the sea patrol from patrick's army i was like these are essential these are crucial i can't you're also looking at heroes in this army that can't cast magic as well so you are reliant on a lord and because we're playing 2000 points you can only have one lord so you're crippled without these grave markers is what i what my assessment was became you would just be crippled without them. They're very crucial to the army. Nice, nice. I I don't know how I feel about the scatter for them. 
It just seems oh no, a little no punitive, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's no real there. I there was there's no problem. Like you'll never scatter. You just place it where you you can place it in a spot that you don't have to worry about it. Right, right. There's no okay. problem. Okay. Yeah, it, it's not because they're so small. You just I just made little. Um, uh, I think I posted them on the site there. I just made little round bases like a 40k 20 mm. mil or 25 mil and then put a gravestone on it and yeah there's it says the size of a coin so it's really not a problem nice oh that's good yeah. that's really yeah. good i like that's what i like to hear yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is such an incredible thing for your army and for anyone who is not familiar with the invocation of nehek in sixth edition uh, the casting value seven. So it's got three casting values. One's a three, one's a seven, and one's an 11. So mm-hmm. when it says, uh, treat this as a seven plus casting level, that's the middle level of invocation of Nehek. It's fantastic. And uh, so this is, remember that you've got three of these potentially casting every turn. Uh, right. You know, if, you, if you're lucky and if your opponent's at a dispel dice. Uh, so each one of those is 2d6 uh, skeletons or 2d6 <laughs> Plus two zombies, and we sub these out, of course, for the special units in the yeah. You uh, get book. the levy out of it, it's or crazy. two wounds uh, to a yeah. character. Like yeah. that's so good. You know, you can, you could, you could park a wounded uh, von Karstein near one of these and uh, have him regenerate basically for free. Yep. This is wildly good. I, I can see why you uh, it was why you fell man. in love with this. Yeah. Like, hey, I want to play another game. Yeah. Try this out. But it, it and what what's cool about it? It wasn't like auto click it was a nice learning curve like how to place them the the strategy of casting like okay so how do i what should i raise first of all mm-hmm. my opponent has and the the first game i ever had was against patrick i i made so many mistakes raising um you know i shouldn't have raised so many crossbowmen they weren't that effective at all oh okay. i should have went with like something like zombies just a just a tar pit and mm-hmm. flood the board more because he had a lot of movement with those elves. That's a, it was, yeah. It, yeah, it was really interesting. Like, I could see my gears were turning. My brain was on fire. Just like, I was making mistakes and playing mm-hmm. for the first time and loving it. You know, you're yeah. just like, you're learning from what you're doing, which yeah. was really a nice, that's what you want kind of in the best. Those are those are always fun games to play. Yeah. Where you're, where yeah. you've you've got... So you're you're a long time undead player, yeah. but at the same time, this has changed it up enough that it feels like a different Dude, army, and there are new things for you to learn. And yeah, that's that always the a, best, right? That was a re- what you just said is a very important thing to mention. You're exactly right. It's having that freshness of this list, and it in that and that's this this list alone made me. I completely decided after reading this list and another list, I was like, this is the best supplement they ever made. In <laughs> nice. my opinion. It, yeah. It's just because it's, it's not just on paper. It's wow. It's like, wow. Okay. I had to really think about what I'm doing here. <laughs> That's awesome. And by the way, I was able to uh, bless, bless you, Patrick, for allowing us, for allowing me to use a special character. I took Manfred with this list. Oh, okay. And I did go like heavy on the power Meaning I've sunk everything into one style, which was summoning wolves and these grave markers together. It it's good and there it, it's a it's kind of like a uh, eggs in one basket army. Okay. But holy crap, is it ever fun? <laughs> nice. To, to, just like 
to be the arrogant Manfred and just go, you know, raise wolves and surround your opponent. And yeah, it was, it was probably the funnest campaign I've played in a long, long time. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Let's, uh, let's go and talk about some of these new Von Karstein bloodline powers here. Yeah. So we have uh, three new powers that have been added for the Von Karsteins. The first one is Spectral Attendance. Now, this is one vampire per army may have this at 35 point. And uh, he, this vampire is accompanied by countless ghostly followers and a mortal mm. remnant of innumerable victims. Uh, though, weak to, though too weak to directly affect the material world, their chill voices resonate through the winds of magic, preventing those attuned in the mystic arts from focusing their powers. I really like that de- that uh, yeah, little fluff text there. I also <laughs> like the idea of, I have ghosts that scream at you psychically, so you can't focus when you're casting spells. Yeah. Uh, whilst this vampire is alive and on the tabletop, all enemy wizards suffer a minus one penalty on their casting roll, Note that this has no effect if an irresistible force is rolled and cannot cause a miscast. Did you always take this? Because I think I might always take this unless I was playing against dwarfs. No, I didn't. Okay. I, my my feeling on it was... Too expensive? or I'm not... No, it's not even that. It was my play style that I had in mind. I, okay. I went Like I said, I went all in one style of play and it was all offense. Right. So I didn't want to invest... I didn't want to split my play style with different points so i went all offense this is a cool item um i was relying more on because i had so many magic dice and i had um i should i should go over the army list eventually that i played but um i also took the drakenhoff banner so when you get to that you might see why mm-hmm. I okay because it, it just stops the drakenhoff banner stops um uh, the opponent's magic anyway oh i i see that now yeah yeah okay what i mean i do see that yeah i i see that that gives you something similar but also other better stuff as well yeah yeah yeah. for sure all right next one up is wolf lord and this i'm sure you took um (laughs) so this is all about uh getting those dire wolves on the table this vampire may use the spell invocation of nehek to add and raise new units of dire wolves in addition to skeletons and zombies Raising D3 slash 2D3 slash 3D3, so that's the three power costs, seven and 11 uh, for Invocation of Nehek. Uh, so he, yeah, he can, yeah, he can raise those wolves uh, according to the power level. And uh, that this, note that this does not apply to units raised from grave markers. So yeah, so this is, this is how you got some of those wolves on the battlefield. Yeah, and I recently collected some dire wolves. You know, I... I think I have 30 direwolves, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to play this wolf army. I have the wolf models now. Let's do it. And it, yeah, that the fact that you can raise 3D3 wolves is just, wow, yeah. It, it, I really follow the theme, and you can really sink your thoughts into this theme mm-hmm. and, and your time and the hobby. I did a lot of hobby prep for this, too, with wolves and uh, other things. But yeah, it's just yeah. so... And they, these are new blood... We want these bloodline powers because we the Car- von Karstein are limited as well into what you'd want to take. Uh, they're cool stuff in the book, but some of it's not very great mm. or over expensive. The last one is Earthbind. So this is a pretty simple one. Ten points. The vampire has magic resistance one. Cool. Yeah. You know, not something I took, but you know what? In the sixth ed, magic resistance is quite good. Yes. Yeah. It's really potent. 
Uh, all right, so that is the vampire powers. Now we have a new magic standard. So this is the one Scott was hinting about, the Dragonhof banner for 50 points. This banner grants magic resistance too. In addition, any vampire using either the Summon Bats or the Summon Wolves Bloodline power within 12 inches of this banner will summon double the normal of it, creatures. Yeah. Uh-oh, so now we see what, what's, uh, yeah. what's happening. Yeah, even the magic resistance too. So because I... I basically had my entire army in one unit. I had 15 Black Knights with Manfred in there and two vampires. So I had three vampires in a bus of Black Knights. So you know I'm going to take this banner because your opponent's going to want to throw all their magic into this. Mm -hmm. But when you have magic resistance too, they're like, oh, what are you going to shoot? I, I basically had wolves and this unit and two. <laughs> now, that's fantastic it, i do have to mention the best part about this list other than like the best part of unit changing changes to me is being able to take two black coaches as a special choice it says and if you look down there zero to two von karsting black coaches and not only that you get a discount instead of 200 points these black coaches become 175 points Ooh, yeah I see I that. Had, I had the bus of knights, three vampires, a bunch of wolves, and two black coaches. That was my list. Two thousand points. Nice, nice. That sounds that sounds dangerous. <laughs> it was it was fast, mm -hmm. dangerous, and yeah, it didn't. I won a game, tied a game, lost a game. Okay, it, so it, it, it doesn't. It's it just in. Like I said, I'm learning to play this army. I don't mm -hmm. think it was overpowered. I just think it was so fun and strong. That's great. Mm. And to to talk a little bit about the uh, the summoning ability of the banner, of the mm -hmm. Dragonhoff banner. Now, the Summon Wolves ability is one from the Vampire Counts book itself. So it's a little Correct. bit different than the Wolf Lord book. Uh, however, it gives you, for 25 points, once per game, the uh, you can immediately summon D3 dire wolves. It's not a spell or anything. It happens automatically. Right. So if you've got this banner with you, you yep. get 2D3 instead, which is yep. uh, not too bad for... I guess you're spending 75 points between the banner and the, uh, so, the summon wolves ability. But it yep. does also give you that magic resistance too. So that exactly. seems like a pretty good deal for 2D3 dire wolves. So that's a what on average about four wolves. So that's almost a yep. uh, a min sized unit that you would buy from the book, and uh, where you can uh, where can they, the unit can enter from any table edge in the it's same way you know as okay. if they pursued. Yeah. No. Oh wow! So you could it's, these guys always going in the backfield basically. <laughs> so I surrounded uh, Shane's goblin hewer with the wolves, mm -hmm. distracting it. I would go after uh patrick's bolt throwers with them or jesse's war machines that every game that i played i had some kind of ballistic weapon i had to worry about nice and the wolves just surrounded it so they they get basically one round of shooting and that's what happened really really useful and also worth noting every vampire i took had the summon wolves ability even the thralls it cut into their magic uh item choices but hey i needed to make sure that the my opponent was distracted when you 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 had such a great wolf theme going like i i see yeah, why, why not? you want to yeah yeah sink into it yeah just just go all out 
And when it, it became pretty legit, like it wasn't just mm. the theme, the theme I had, I, and it just really played and it felt really cool and fluffy on the battlefield. Really Awesome. All right. Uh, let's ch- talk about the Army of Sylvania army list itself here. So we have a restricted version of the Vampire Counts army list. For Lords, we have Von Karstein Vampire Lords and Von Karstein Vampire Counts. Exactly what you would expect. Uh, Heroes, one plus Von Karstein Vampire Thrall. So you must take a Vampire Thrall. Uh, Though they they may be the army general if you're playing smaller games. Uh, You can take White Lords and Wraiths as the other heroes. Core units, uh, Dire Wolves. And up to one unit may have the scout special rule for one point per model. Mm-hmm. That's real nice. I think I that's a good upgrade for one point did, per model. Yeah, I obviously did that to one of my direwolf units. Uh, zero to two bat swarms, fell bats, but these fell bats do not count towards your minimum core requirements. Uh, Sylvanian militia and Sylvanian levy, which are our kind of skeleton and zombie replacements, yeah. and they are both new units. So that is all the core units. I. It, I find it interesting that the bat swarms yes. can count as core yeah, requirements, yeah. That's which really is interesting. interesting. Yeah, uh, that's just a little unusual. It's also, there's there again, you could, instead of doing what I did with wolves, you could do a batter. Oh, do all bat. It's that amazing. sounds cool. I'm actually yeah. super into that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, special units, zero to one spirit host, graveguard. Uh, one unit may be upgraded to Drakenhof guard with hand weapons great weapons and full plate That's armor so amazing for three points yeah. per model that is an interesting upgrade for graveguard for that that four plus save man Ooh. so good yeah and then yeah. the fact that they can fight with hand weapons or great weapons i i like that versatility that's a real hard choice because if you take your hand weapon shield you now have a parry of three up oh that's <laughs> that is tempting what Actually, a nice story sorry two up it's full plate four. Right. Shield three. A shield three and parry then the two. parry two. Oh, wow. man. What an anvil. Yeah. Like, how are you getting through that easy? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then zero to two Von Karstein black coaches. A Von Karstein black coach has the same statistics and special rules as the black coach described on page 31 of Army uh, Warhammer Army's vampire counts, except that each costs 175 points instead of 200 points. So just save 25 points on your like, black coach. What did you say earlier? Just all day, every day? That's what oh, Yeah. Like. <laughs> it, it, it's just... I And I never bought a second black coach back in the day. And it made me... I was like, oh my God. Why did I... I need to go... I need to find another model. Yeah. I just proxied. I used a corpse cart. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, that's similar enough. But I, I need to get another black coach just based on this army list. Uh, all right. Finally... For rare units, we only have two. We have 0 to 1 Drakenhof Templars, parentheses, Black Knights. So these are just Black Knights with a cooler name. And finally, Banshees. So this is a, a fun army list. You can do some, as oh, yeah. you've alluded to, you can do some really fun stuff. You can do some really themed stuff around bats or uh, wolves or even just the, the militias and the levies themselves because you can raise a whole lot of them. Yeah. Um, Another and- hobby hobbyist's dream mm-hmm. you know making those and you know you could take your um oh by the way it i used the levy for my levy as um when i raised the crossbow because you can get crossbow um let's see here is it this militia that they can have yeah so it's a militia 10 points but 
because I did the theme where Man- Manfred went after uh, dark elves mm-hmm. and dwarves, I had some raised. I just used my um, dark elf warriors with crossbows and used them as the levy uh, because he raised them in the in the north and brought them down to the battles that I was having. So it was kind of a fluff. Oh, that's that awesome! Yeah, yeah, that's so a great. I had, great way I had to do dark it. elf warriors as my militia. <laughs> um, sure, they're not from Sylvania, but Manfred brought them into Sylvania. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun just to go outside the box there for a bit. Speaking of the uh, Sylvanian Militia and Levy, let's take a look at them. They are the two new units for this army. And despite their name, they're not living units like they are in the Vampire Counts book. So the Vampire Counts does have a Von Karstein army as well. It is very, very different to this one. Uh, in that one, they are living humans, the uh, Sylvanian yeah. Militia. But in this one, they are uh, newly deceased humans. I like uh, that I... because because when the book, in, if you follow the timeline, like you're into the storm of chaos, mm. by now <laughs> there'd be enough of these dudes under the ground from all <laughs> of the sure would von be. Karstein shenanigans, right? With the political yeah. issues with the elector counts and yeah. they have I... built up a force. I've mentioned this before. I am a huge fan of the von Karstein army from the book i just love the idea of the 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 living marching beside the dead is a really neat and that always captures my attention this though because i i didn't really understand the grave marker thing until i was you know going over it for for this episode yeah and now i see why it's so important that they be undead because these are the things that you're raising you raise and the fact that that you can raise them with all sorts of equipment, right? Like you raised yeah. crossbowmen's. How cool is that, right? It's crazy, yeah. I was, yeah. And they can even, because it's your magic phase, then they can shoot. Right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's oh, just, that's hilarious. And because they didn't move, it doesn't count as moving. They were mm-hmm. summoned. So, I mean, to be fair, they're ballistic as two. But, yeah. But hey. Crossbows have a good range, 30 inches. Yeah, yeah. And if they hit anything, they got a good strength, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's just that, uh, it's just the actual hitting that that tends to be the issue with crossbows. Again, I'm glad that they did that because it kind of balances it out a bit, Mm -hmm. right? So the Sylvanian militia, if you want to buy them, they are 10 points per model. Uh, They are skeletons, so they're movement 4, weapon skill 2, ballistic skill 2, strength 3, toughness 3, 1 wound, initiative 2, 1 attack, leadership 3. You can get a captain that has an extra attack as a champion model. They come in unit sizes of 10 to 30. They come with light armor, shield, spear, or halberd, which is a really good equipment uh, options for skeletons. Now, they have some options where they may exchange their spear and shield for a crossbow at no additional cost. So that is how Scott had his sweet crossbow skeletons. And you can give them a command, uh, upgrades, musician for five, standard for 10, and captain for 10. This is a really fun unit. You could, like we said, we do so much for modeling these. What I'm kind of curious about is what you think of the points cost of these and then also the levy. And I know in 6th edition, I remember reading about how they made this, not this, but uh, the Vampire Counts book in 6th edition in White Dwarf. And the thought was that the way they balanced the points was making the characters a little bit cheaper than they thought they should be and making the 
core units, basically the skeletons and the zombies and those kind of units, a little bit more expensive than maybe they should have been. How do you feel about the points mm. cost here? I know these guys for you were straight summoned, so you're not paying for Yeah, them. it was fine. Um, um, I don't... I think they're fine. I think the points... <laughs> it's funny, I think what you just told me, I don't agree with in that philosophy, the way they approach that, but whatever, it doesn't matter. When it comes to summoning them... Mm -hmm. Um. I think the cost for zombies was in six was fine or skeletons because of the fact you can summon them or, you know, they're undead. They're not breaking. It's, it's not even as much about the points as just, just, just mark the points the way they are and just be quiet about it. You know, <laughs> it's like you don't need to don't some, you don't need to explain yourself all the time, GW, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that sometimes was... Sometimes it sounds bad. Yeah, yeah. That, that was when the, the book was first coming out, and they, they right. kind of did an, an interview. Uh, I can't remember with who, but... Yeah. Uh, who, uh, maybe it was... Uh, it might have been uh, Tumas Piranin, now that I think about it, because he, he wrote so much in this era. To be honest, uh, those point costs of characters, to me, were outrageously expensive. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess the Lord was. Uh, oh, it was Alessio. To, it was Alessio Cavatore. Yeah, I think I think it was a their cost. Their vampires are fantastic, but again, those costs. You're let's say I'm taking Lamian or von Karstein. In my mind, they become too expensive already because the lack of armor and mm. there's not enough ward saves, and you know. Um, at the same time, you you're playing a risky army with yeah fragile undead and blah blah blah. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no the. Militia 10 points, you get light armor shield. Like the light armor shield, it's interesting. You have to, you have to point out there's no hand weapon on those. Mm. They purposely, so you can't get that parry save. Of course, yeah. Because then, now you're talking like, yeah, 10 points for sure. I'm, you know, a, a zombie or skeleton with that capability? Because in 6th edition, you could choose, okay, I get charged. I'm not going to use my spear or, or sorry, say you charge, you go in with a different weapon mm -hmm. you can choose. Because the hand weapon was always the fallback. Yeah, it, yeah. you could do the, get that parry save. But. So these guys are two points more than their, their base incarnation. So the Sylvanian Militia is two points more than the skeletons in the yeah. vampire book. So the, that's fine. Yeah, I think that's all right. Because you, you yeah. are getting... I mean, here's the thing. If you take the skeletons from the main book, you give them light armor. Now they're as expensive as yeah. the Sylvanian Militia. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, totally. the zombies, of course, had no real options, uh, so they were just like six these. points. Yeah. Whereas the Sylvanian fun. Levy, they are eight points, but you get light armor, you get a shield and a spear or halberd. So that's really cool. It's, it's hilarious because now your zombies can uh, survive some shooting attacks from uh, elven arrows. And oh stuff. my god! Yeah, they can. Yeah. Right? They got that five up save. That's not five too bad. Up save. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Also, we, if you. Give them the halberds. Uh, strength four zombies. Oh, yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's like, hey, eight points, no problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of the, the Sylvanian levies, they are also what you would expect. Uh, they are zombies, movement four, weapon skill two, no ballistic skill, strength three, tough three, one wound, no initiative, one attack, leadership two. Just the bottom of the barrel here yeah. as far as stats go. But they do have that light armor, shield and spear or halberd. And you can give 40. them a musician and a standard, which is yeah. kind of fun. Uh, they also suffer from the brain dead rule, which is uh, the same as the zombies in. Again, this is a nice excuse to paint up some empire guys as zombies or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's great. And because they have light armor, shield and spear or halberd, 
that opens up your options for like using alternate sculpts. Yeah. For this army, I would love to get my hands on some of the old armored skeleton models yeah. from, from oh, Hero man. Hammer because they'd be perfect for that because they were all oh, with, yeah. with spears and halberds and things. Really good. Those are cool. You know, if you're looking for Sylvanian militia or just armored skeleton for any reason, even just to use them as uh, Graveguard or, or Whites or anything, there is a company called... I think it's Black Tree Miniatures. If you Google Black okay. Tree Miniatures, you'll find them. They're they're all metal. They're done in pewter. They're done in the kind of that hero hammer style. Nice. Uh, so they fit in really well with not so much like sixth edition. They're a little bit more, I, I would say, um, kind of to the style of hero hammer than they are to this. But right. they're they're uh, really really fun. I I have some of them that I got a million years ago for a project that never went anywhere. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would I would certainly recommend them. So with these two armies, just because we've we've been gushing about them since since we started this podcast, and uh, you know we're we're total fanboys for both of the all of the factions here, both Slanesh or all Slanesh Dark Elves and uh, Undead. Which of the two army lists do you think is the stronger of the two? Yeah, good point. Um, I'm gonna go with the cult because your options are endless. Mm. You have. You could find combos with them for days. Um, the army of Sylvania is focused on one bloodline, and I believe that was an important thing for um, uh, GW was paying attention to. You know what? Yeah, the, I think we need to give some love to the von Karsteins. So they they threw this list in and uh, spiced it up, made it fresh. But when you go to the Cult of Slanesh, I mean. You can't, I don't know if any army can beat that. If you have a, a you can find a list that's just going to wreck. It's wild. It really is. I yeah. totally agree with you. I think the Cult of Sinesh is the uh, the way to, to go between those two lists if you're looking for yeah. the most powerful. I, you know what, though, having you describe some of the stuff for the Army of Sylvania, it oh, yeah. sounds like so much fun. It's it just fun. sounds like the most fun you could have with Undead in this edition. Um, yeah, I mean, I got... Because my friend and I were, we meet each weekend to play Warhammer. And it was really hard for me to not pick Blood Dragons because of he, he was using Chaos usually, right? So me having that armor save on the map. Oh, it's a the, big on, deal. It's yeah. a big deal. It was a big deal. Um, so Especially with, with Chaos, it's, it's one of the few armies where you can go toe-to-toe with a vampire and have a, a decent shot That's at winning, it. right? Most other That's lords, it. you're just hoping to avoid the vampire. He might be coming right for your vampire. Yeah. yeah. That's it, right? Challenge. And yeah, it was between Necrarch and Blood Dragons. I got, became addicted to Blood Dragons also because their lore and the armor so gorgeous. And Oh, they're fun. They're just they're fun. fun. All, they're just fun. Yeah. Um, and then you... But you're, it's 2021, and I'm talking about the sixth edition book here like it's brand new and that's how it feels with this mm. army of Sylvania. it's fantastic all right well i think that's as good a place as any to end this one off uh right on. sorry for anyone who was looking for an unbiased review of these two armies because we <laughs> no. were just like i love this and i love no. this the whole time but i'm not sorry actually these armies no, are because great. they're so you, much fun you love it mm-hmm. and you're gonna love it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so this is this is it. This is the last one for Storm of Chaos. It's been a wild ride. This has been a really fun book to just dive so deep into. I think we've done over s- six hours of oh, yeah. of content on this now, at least 
maybe if it wasn't close on, to seven. We if it did, wasn't on here. It was yeah. off screen or off, <laughs> off camera. <laughs> That's it. Uh, the only thing that we didn't get to were the uh, some of the campaign things and some of the little uh, scenarios that you can do. But honestly, I think we're okay to leave those. They're a lot of fun. I, I do recommend checking those out, but just not uh, not not what I wanted to to focus on necessarily with this. And uh, we we want to move on. We got all sorts of things to talk about in the upcoming episodes. One of the things I'll mention uh, at the end of August, uh, I said I we would be moving to a two week release schedule. And as anyone who follows the podcast regularly knows that didn't happen i think i did one uh kind of one or two little breaks in between episodes but they've been mostly weekly i had just thought about that for storm of chaos because i wanted to keep these together and keep them fresh in your minds but i might just try and keep this going weekly it's when i've got scott and gj it's it's super duper fun uh it's really a nice thing to have for you know just a, a way to relax and i exactly. i love talking about this game and it uh you know it takes some some of the the steam off you know uh makes makes the week go by a little quicker oh man and, and it's, we all and when we finish these podcasts we go about our day and we're all happier for it yeah like, you feel kind of energized right energized. Like, yeah that was great great so, and we appreciate all the yeah. listeners out there all the time we get we get messages and emails and all that stuff and very positive. And if you know what, it's, if you enjoy it, we enjoy it just mm-hmm. as much. Um, and we, yeah, we love Warhammer. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Plain the, and simple. I mean, the, the fact that we have listeners and, and awesome, incredible listeners, the best listeners is really a bonus. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. want to do this even if no one was listening. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that people do listen is just, totally out of this world i i love that there is still an incredible community of people who is who are interested in these wonderful old books and things uh so just thank you for for listening and uh, i'm gonna try and get this podcast out as often as possible i can't promise it's gonna be every single week i'm still crazy busy as is scott as is gj but we're gonna be doing as many of them as we can i'm gonna try not to take any breaks uh if possible and there might be some weeks where it just it doesn't happen, but uh, the new schedule is as often as possible every Tuesday, unless I can't. <laughs> Perfect. So it, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. I just I love this silly little podcast too much to to take that many breaks <laughs> from doing it. So. Absolutely. Thanks once again for listening. Thanks to our patrons uh, for your wonderful support. And things are coming on the Patreon. I'm sorry that it's been as long as it has been. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The Wargames Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. <laughs>